dark with Caleb and Anthony. In the dark? That's not a good name. I think we actually do need a light, bud. <laughs> Thanks. No, I prefer not the light. Do you not want the light? I don't want the light. Turn off the light. It helps me focus. It's true. You gotta get that 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 night light on there, though. The I dark mode. I have dark mode on. What are you talking about? I'm just saying, like, it's the black with the white text. That's much oh, more enjoyable for the the balls. Oh, man. I don't know how to do that, like, right off the bat. I wish I did. It's probably because you're just not that bright. Well, I haven't really done a whole lot of, like, document reading on my iPad, you know. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Bottom in the Bin. We're already on the third episode. With Caleb and Anthony. And I'm Caleb, and this is... I'm Anthony. That's me. My name's Anthony. Yes. His name is Anthony. And Anthony and I... We watched a film this week called The Sea of Trees. My choice. Yes. Anthony's, my doing. He picked it last week, so we can blame him. Uh, but we can alternate the blame every week, which is great because this movie uh, is bad. But it was released in 2015, and it was directed by Gus Van Sant and written by someone who should remain nameless for their own safety. Yeah, I agree. Um, it stars our good friends Ken Watanabe. Uh-huh. Am I saying that right? Yes. And Matthew McConaughey is in it. And unfortunately, Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. She's she's in it. She's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, the uh, logline listed on Letterboxd is as follows. A suicidal American befriends a Japanese man lost in a forest near Mount Fuji, and the two search for a way out. Seems like a very simple plot. Yeah. Very simple, actually. Very, very simple. Here's my synopsis. Matthew McConaughey is a depressed and suicidal man. He goes to the Sea of Trees in an infamous Japanese forest where many people kill themselves. He goes there to commit suicide. When arriving, he begins taking pills until he notices Ken Watanabe stumbling through the woods. He chooses to try and help him find his way out because he tried to commit suicide and has now changed his mind and wants to go home, but couldn't find his way out. He tries to follow the instructions given by Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey? (laughs) McConaughey? But he ends up walking down a a path and finding nothing but a stone wall and no exit. The two stumble around together trying to find the exit for, like, the rest of the movie. Meanwhile... In flashbacks, we learn about Matt's wife, Naomi, who is an alcoholic and a theater kid. Matthew doesn't really like her very much, but that's okay because she gets brain cancer. Then he really likes her a lot. Meanwhile, Matt falls off a cliff and gets impaled because he gets mad at Ken Watanabe. He for sure would be dead, but this movie is about him, so he's not dead. Then there's a flood, and Ken almost drowns, but he doesn't drown. But he does drown. (laughs) Naomi cries a lot and has brain surgery and is going to make a full recovery, but then gets hit by a dump truck and dies. Matt's found in the woods by a bunch of Japanese fire watchers, but Ken is not found. Matt makes a full recovery in about five minutes, and then he goes back to find Ken, and he only finds a flower, and then he plants that flower in his lake house garden, and that's the entire movie. That's a pretty good synopsis. Yeah? Uh, yeah. That was a lot more... Mine's not as concise. 
Well, uh, you know. But we'll see how it goes. I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Before I get into this, I don't. I just don't remember what parts were when. That's when they okay. cut back and forth. I'm pretty so, sure I got most of it wrong. Yeah, it's because they cut back to his earlier flashbacks. There's not a lot, a lot of timeline in the B story. Of this yeah, movie. so this is what I when I thought they transferred from A to B story, but we'll see. So the movie starts out with Matthew McConaughey going to an airport and he's hella depressed, right? He gets on a plane and goes to Tokyo. Then he gets on a train and he goes to the Sea of Trees, right? Which is the suicide forest. He goes into the forest and he's about to kill himself with some pills, but before he does that, he puts down a package and a water bottle. Uh, he starts popping the pills, but before he gets two in, he notices Ken Watanabe stumbling through the forest, who is injured because he tried to kill himself, but failed, right? So he goes up to Ken Watanabe, right? And he's like, oh, go this way. And then he realizes himself he doesn't know where he is, and they're both lost. Dun, dun, dun. Right. We flash back to Matthew McConaughey in his car with his wife, and they're arguing about stuff that doesn't really matter. And then they go to a, a wedding. No, they go to a dinner with some friends, and it's really awkward because Matthew McConaughey and Naomi Watts are, like, arguing with each other the whole time, and it's kind of petty. We then get back to the woods where McConaughey and Watanabe are just talking, walking around. Watanabe explains to Matthew McConaughey that he doesn't understand his culture and because Watanabe tried to kill himself because he lost his job and McConaughey thinks that's dumb and there's some conflict there, but not much, right? Uh, and then he comes across a flower and it's like just a flower, but Watanabe is like, oh, I'm not going to do an accent. When there's a flower here, it's symbolizing a person's soul passing on to the next life. And that's going to be important later. Also, in that argument with Matthew McConaughey and his wife, it's implied that Matthew McConaughey had an affair because that's a conflict that people can understand in a film. I guess. When, yeah. when, when a man has an affair, it's like, oh, now we understand why there's conflict. Can't be anything more simple or complicated. All right. We go back in the woods, and there's an argument, and Matthew McConaughey falls off a cliff. And he gets fricked, let me tell you. He gets impaled with a stick, and Matthew McConaughey is, like, just ah, on the ground, and his glasses are fine, though, because that's important. His this movie really likes Matthew McConaughey's glasses. Like, a lot. Like, they love his glasses, right? Uh, he helps him up, and they kind of walk around the woods some more and just talk about, like, spiritual things like purgatory and spirits and this forest, Right? So then we go back into the past, and Naomi Watts is revealed to have cancer, gas. This somehow fixes the relationship. Because she has cancer, they're, like, great with each other again, and they're like, oh, man, this wow. ah, we love each other. All right, so Matthew McConaughey uh, and Ken Nabi find a cave because it starts raining, and they're in the cave, but then there's a flash flood that washes them through the cave, and they get really wet. Then they find a tent, and they start a fire with... I don't know with what because everything is soaked from the rain. But they find they make a fire because they find a lighter in the tent and they find a walkie-talkie and some more clothing and they have an argument. And then Matthew McConaughey bears his soul about his whole marriage and why it went wrong and how it's all his fault. And he just really articulates everything that's wrong with his life. And Ken Watanabe just stares at him and like just, just kind of is like a silent counselor of some kind. Then... Matthew McConaughey leaves him. He's like, I'm going to go find help in the morning. So he goes off with the walkie-talkie, and he's actually able to find help. 
and park rangers find him and they rescue him, but they can't find Ken Watanabe. So, back in time, when Naomi Watts was sick with cancer, she's fine. She gets healed, and they're transporting to another hospital when the ambulance she's in gets hit by a dump truck, a and dump she truck. dies. That's a, that's a dump truck. She, the ambulance is just driving on the road, and a dump truck hits, and she dies. Obviously, Matthew McConaughey is now in lots of despair. Like He's not very good at teaching anymore. He kind of just goes grocery shopping and mows his lawn. He's a teacher, by and, the way. Yeah, he's a teacher and like a science-y one. All right, and after the funeral, Matthew McConaughey starts bearing his soul to the guy who works at the funeral home, and then he talks about how he didn't know his wife at all and about how she, she, he, he knew like her social security number, but he didn't know her favorite color or her favorite book. And the guy at the funeral home says... Oh, don't worry. I heard some people talking about your wife, and her favorite book was a children's book. And that is useful for Matthew McConaughey. We go back to the present, and McConaughey is in the hospital, and he's told they can't find Ken Watanabe. So when he gets out of the hospital, he goes to try to find Ken Watanabe, but all he finds is a flower exactly where he left him. Then McConaughey returns home, and he has a conversation with one of his students, and he's like talking about sciencey stuff. And the student notices a piece of paper that McConaughey has, which has the names of Ken Watanabe's children. Confused yet? You just wait for this. The student happens to be, speak Japanese, even though he's white. And he says, oh, those aren't names. That's just the words yellow winter, which is the type of flower that Ken Watanabe had referenced the whole movie. Gasp. Ken Watanabe was a ghost. End of movie. Gasp. <laughs> That was rough. Man. Want me to start? Yeah, go for it. I need to take a breather. So the first thing we're going to talk about, though, is the story uh, and its structure and narrative and what we liked and didn't like about that. So you can go for it. When I read the premise of this movie, I really thought that I was going to end up liking it. Even if it was just kind of like, wow, this movie has a lot of weak spots, but like, I really like what it was doing. That's what I was expecting of this movie. I guess it's just because it's like Matthew McConaughey was in it and Ken Watanabe, and I loved both of them. And honestly, both of them did so well with what they were given in this movie. But a premise that's just like two dudes are in the woods and both of them are suicidal. That plot sounds amazing to me. It's very simple. It's focused on the character. I thought we were going to have some deep dive like character studies going on. But man, it's just that's just not what this movie is. There's very little character development that's like anything beyond surfacy. It's like all very hollow. It's like they dumb down what the character is so that the audience can understand it, but it's so dumbed down that like it's confusing and conflicting. And I just ah oh man, that that really frustrates me because I love the premise of this movie. I really and the first opening five minutes or so really it was shot well. It was acted well. I really thought we were in for a good character study. But but I think what sets you up in the very beginning is the very beginning of the movie is completely wordless, right? Mm-hmm. So it shows McConaughey going to the airport and getting on a plane, and everything he's doing is indicating he's not coming back. He leaves his keys in his car. Mm-hmm. He gets a one-way ticket, and he's, like, hella depressed and just moody. And you're like, oh, this guy isn't coming back. When the movie starts to fall apart for me is when people start talking. Oh my gosh, the because, dialogue, man. Yeah, that is when the movie doesn't work, is because the dialogue is really bad. It's very on the nose, it's very stilted, and it's just 
it's obvious. There's no subtext to things. People say very obvious things. And they say exactly what they're saying. Like there's yeah. there's nothing there's no double meaning to what they're saying, which is so in contrast to that first five minutes exactly. that was doing such good it was doing such good visual storytelling. It was. And then it just threw all of that expectation away. And the characters say they say exactly what they're feeling at whatever time. Like there's a few times where Naomi Watts and Matthew McConaughey's character are fighting and they're they're just saying exactly like what they're they're they like say, I'm angry and then like he throws something and then like she's like, Well, I'm unhappy in our relationship because you had an affair and he's like, Well, my affair was blah, blah, blah. it's just I don't know. You yeah, know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And then when I noticed it was really starting to fall apart is when McConaughey and Watnabi are talking about why they wanted to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And Watanabe says, oh, it was my job. And McConaughey's confused. And Watanabe just goes, well, you don't understand my culture. I was like, really? We're going to say that out loud in this movie? It's such a cop-out line. It's And it's just so, duh. He's a white guy and you're a Japanese guy. We don't need you to tell us that. Yeah. I would much rather have watched them just misunderstand each other for exactly. an hour and a half. You know what I mean? We can put two and two together. Yeah. I, like, I felt like this movie was holding my hand so much that it forgot where it was leading me. You know it what did, I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So all that was just really frustrating for me. It, then, like, something that really bothered me about this plot is that it, t- it tells you right from the beginning that it's going to be dealing with the issues of suicide and death. And it really mistreats both of those topics. I, I, don't, I don't feel that this movie understands suicide or death. I don't feel that it has an interesting perspective on those things. And I, I feel that it was very cheaply approached like it was used as a as a plot device rather than like an emotional connecting point with the audience i would agree and i don't really have a lot uh, to say about suicide but obviously it's kind of just it's in the movie mcconaughey is committing suicide because his wife died and he feels guilty about how he treated her and watanabe is committing tried to commit suicide because he got demoted at his job and i i just that just doesn't seem complex to me. That's like the that is the maximum depth they reach with with suicide. That's all they that's they have like one little back and forth about that, and the rest of the movie is so focused on. It just becomes like, a survival movie, yeah, which is weird. It's it's very weird, and that's what I mean is like they they kind of they have that little piece of dialogue that you said the the whole like you don't understand my culture thing, and they tell each other why they were going to commit suicide, and. It's it's not a it's not a well delivered scene on its own. But then that's like I said, that's the extent of that. And then after that, it like they they don't have anything else to go by. So they they throw in these like way overly intense action scenes. Like he falls off a cliff and almost dies. He doesn't need to fall off a cliff. He falls off very early, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense to the story. It's it's not. There's nothing leading up to it. It's very sudden. It's, it's yeah. jarring. It's not in a good way. And it doesn't affect the story in any way after that. Like, he's yep. injured, and that's that's it. Like, I mean, I guess it could be argued that now he has to rely on Ken Watanabe more than he did beforehand. But Ken Watanabe's still weaker than him the, the whole movie, almost. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. I mean, Ken, Ken tried to commit suicide and then went back on it, so it makes sense that he's weak, and he's been in the woods. But yeah. he fell off a cliff, and it was brutal. Like, on his, he fell on his back, he was impaled by the stick, like, there's no way he should be walking, let alone, like, traveling through the woods for days. And I just don't think that's necessary. If a person's lost in the woods for days, they're just going to be tired because they don't have any food. Right. You yeah. mean, like, the stakes are still high. We don't need to, like, 
had them swept away in a tidal wave. Suicide is such a grounded thing to talk about. It just if it, it's really counter to these crazy like events that happen that are supposed to be big and shocking like that. And and then the scene with the the flash flood and them almost drowning. It's like all these very like high octane action moments that are so counter to like suicide, which they approach originally as such a quiet and meditative like approach to it. They just throw that away after the first fifteen minutes. And then of course the dump truck. But after the first few minutes, they stop talking about suicide, and then they just talk about, like, God and purgatory and spirits and ghosts, and I'm very confused. What Like, that's just, if those are themes in the movie, stop talking about them. Yeah, and that, like, if that, if that was the point, was to make those themes, they never delivered on it. Yeah. They... That's a huge issue, too, is, like, by the end of this movie, they're, they're trying to just wrap everything back around and, like return to touch points like he like there's a touch point about his jacket where like it's what his wife gave him that's that's another thing i want to talk about and that was this movie's obsession with just setting up and paying off things even when they don't matter so the jacket is significant because his wife gave it to him and then he later he gives it to ken watanabe and the flower obviously shows up a bunch which is supposed to tell us that watanabe was a ghost the whole time and there's for example they set up the beach house earlier she yeah. says oh, it, was her, it was her paradise and he goes there in the end and plants the flower there and then the same thing there's a the Hansel and Gretel, Gretel book is the package that he brought with her the whole time and it's just but they, they set up and pay off the stuff but I'm like I don't care about this stuff it's not telling me the story at all yeah the those it's, things it's not changing anything there's the payoff is so little because those things they're not laid out in a way that's meaningful in any way it's no. just it's just like this is this item is significant because we've seen it before but that's it there's no there's no deeper narrative significance and that structure of how the movie functions goes from beginning to end like it's there's constantly just showing us new objects and new they, they like repeat the same kind of dialogue they say the same words a lot and like it's trying to tell you that it's significant but it's not significant because there's there's no depth behind it it's very hollow um and that that brings me to the flashbacks specifically the flashbacks are so hollow like i i mean i don't love the a plot but the B plot is very forced. And I think part of that is just like the characters aren't explored very much. It's just a lot of like Matthew McConaughey and Naomi Watts don't like each other. And that's one of my big issues is later on in the story when he loses his wife and you see him, he's mourning the loss of his relationship. And he even tells Kim Wanabi at one point they had a lot of good years together. But we don't see any of that. Yeah. So, the, so there's no reason. All we for saw was a really toxic, horrible relationship. And in which you don't like either of those people. And then you I kind of just don't feel the sympathy for him I should later on. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, dude, that marriage was the worst. Yeah. And, like, it flip-flopping when she gets cancer to, like, suddenly being a great marriage. It's too far into the story for me to be bought back into that relationship. And not to mention, like, the cancer is just so unmotivated like i i know people people get sick and like that happens and that's really tragic and i'm not saying that that's that's the issue what i'm saying is like i was thinking about it even like while it was happening like so she's an alcoholic the whole movie and matthew mcconaughey blames himself a lot for that 
why wasn't her illness tied to her alcoholism, man? That would have been so much of a better, That's like, stronger point. character moment where, like, oh, my gosh, she's sick, and I'm blaming myself for it. But really what happens is, like, she just kind of gets cancer because they want to have... They want they need something to change. They need a breaking point yeah. for their relationship. So they just throw the, the deus ex machina of cancer on it. And then an even worse deus ex machina of, like, oh, she's recovering, and, like, everything's going to be great. And then she gets... Like just that's it's just such an unmotivated there's nothing that there's nothing motivating that whatsoever. The dump truck is by far the worst thing in this movie. It's so bad. It it's it is un I unimaginable how that got I don't understand it. I like intelligent people must have worked on this movie. I don't understand how like somebody wasn't like, this doesn't fit the tone of this movie at all. Because we're, we're just, like, I, I kind of low-key called it. Like, we were, we were, at this point, very out of the movie. Because it's really late in the movie when this happens. Yeah. But, like, the scene, like, sets it. The way the scene is shot and the way that they're talking to each other. And, like, everything's kind of, like, on the up and up. And you kind of already, at this point, know that she's going to die. So you just know that something tragic is going to happen. And so they, they throw in this ambulance. And he's driving behind her. And they're on the phone together. And they're kind of, like, being flirty. And, like, the relationship is back together. And you just know something terrible is going to happen. And. I thought to myself, I was like, there's no way that the plot is going to be that they get hit by something on the way there. Like, she's like she's going to have a seizure or something. Something terrible is going to happen while she's in the ambulance. And then this dude, they went full throttle, like dump truck, just huge <laughs> dump truck, just right through the intersection. Like, and like, man, that shit does, doesn't happen often enough to justify you putting it in this Dump movie. trucks don't hit ambulances in residential neighborhoods. Yeah, It just dude. doesn't happen, bro. And, like, especially... Especially in this situation, it's just like not, oh man. It's, there's there's just no reason for that to happen except for that it needs to happen. Like yeah. the writer just needed Naomi Watts's character to die, and I guess just like the first thing that came to his head was like, well, I don't want her to die of cancer, so she's gonna die by dump truck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, and. By this point, you just really don't respect the movie at all to yeah. like put any more value on any of the other big like, like token payoffs or like the yeah. icons or any of the dial like any of the dialogue payoffs that are that come in so it's just like the rest of it's kind of just a joke man yeah all right and so before we move on to the technical stuff i just want to mention i don't think this movie has enough story to merit its runtime yeah that is a big issue i had to you could cut there's a lot of stuff that could have cut out now and it probably still wouldn't be great but you could just get this down to 90 minutes i feel like if someone took a cut of this movie change the music which we'll get to um and cut it down to 15 minutes there's a good movie in here oh, somewhere. Dude, there's definitely a good short it's a, yeah a good short like the, the imagine like, if the movie ended with him pulling out the pills yeah that'd be a sh- great short yeah i'd be super into that like if the first five minutes was just by itself i would this would be a really really well put together thing it was shot well we'll get to that Okay. Yeah. So the runtime two hours is too long. Yeah. We we were we were halfway through the movie and I paused it just to see how much longer we had and oh, I just man. could it's... not but like I was like what could possibly happen in the rest of this movie and what happened a dump truck uh, a cliff yeah and a waterfall just man all stuff that just didn't belong in this movie. All right. So let's talk about the music for a second. Yeah, please. Uh, the music is not bad in and of itself, but it does not fit anywhere in the story agreed and it's very noticeable and not that the music doesn't have to it can be noticeable in a movie that's not a problem but when it's noticeable and it's irritating because it does not gel with what's going on it 
Like, don't do that. I mean, the most obvious issue with the music for me is the mix. The, a lot of the times when something's happening, I can't hear what... Yeah, it's true. I can't hear what people are saying. I couldn't hear a lot of what Ken Watanabe was saying over, like, the woods and music and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like you said. It kind of doesn't even matter what, how the mix was because, like, the music was so forcibly telling you how to feel yeah. that it didn't really matter what the dialogue was. I mean, the dialogue was mostly bad anyway, so, like... It's it kind of just was this mishmash of like I'm already having trouble being invested. Then you're telling me how I'm supposed to be feeling, and I know that's how I'm supposed to be feeling, but I'm really not feeling it. So the music's just irritating, and then it's too loud. That's a huge problem, man. And the music reminds me a lot of uh, Goodwill Hunting's music. It's very '90s the way they they put the music in this movie. Yeah, I'm. I just the music. Just they could have a lot of that stuff could have had no music. Or a lot more subtle music, or something. I don't know. I'm not a composer, but it didn't work. Yeah. I'm... But one thing about this movie that did work is the cinematography. Yeah, seriously. Cinematography is great in this movie. I like a lot of the. There's a lot of thought put into the way this was shot. It looks very good, and they shoot this woods. It was a Massachusetts is where they shot the woods, mm. and I forgot about that pretty soon in. Like, I was. I thought we were in Japan, so. Kudos to them. They sold it really well as far as, like, the the set design and the um, the way they shot it. It's just, like, everything looks good. Everything it feels, pro- like, there's plenty of static shots. And like I said, the, those before anyone starts talking, the visual storytelling was on point. So, and, I mean, I mean, I guess you can credit, like, that credit must go to the cinematographer, right? I yeah. mean, he, he did a really good job just, like, trying to tell the story of what was happening with just images and... Like, I really wish the dialogue didn't get in the way, man, because, like, it's a really beautiful movie to watch. And I really like the one scene when they were, like, wheeling him out, mm-hmm. and you just get his mouth, and he's, like, he's still in there. Like, that was actually really well put together, and I like that a lot. I felt disoriented, which is what you're supposed to feel, because, like, I felt disoriented in that, like, I didn't know where I was, and that, that felt like a conscious choice and not an accident, you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, I... The sea of trees, the concept of the sea of trees is just ever present throughout the movie. Like we're constantly seeing big open vistas and the whole screen is just filled with trees. When we're when we're looking at characters, all we're seeing is just trees in the background. You really feel like you're yeah, you lost feel in like you're lost in the woods of green. Super lost. Yeah. And um, we were kind of making fun of it earlier, but like the shots the shots of people talking, like when um, like when Matthew McConaughey gets like these big monologue moments, I felt that they were shot in an interesting way. It, yeah. It's really easy, I think, to shoot dialogue in a really boring way, but he took advantage of the his glasses a lot. Yeah. He took advantage of the acting that Ken and Matthew McConaughey brought to the table here. Like, he, he really took advantage of, like, this, like... Uh, Ken is doing a really interesting thing with his reaction right now, so we're going to look at him. And, yeah. that, and I mean, that, that's kudos to the editors as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, so I'll, praise to the, praise to the cameraman, you know? Yeah. Great job there. My last technical thing is the transitions. Like, okay. I didn't mind them, but a lot of times they just felt very like, it was a lot of like, we fade into from the A story to the B story and yeah, they just yeah. felt very sudden and unnecessary and like unmotivated I, I know i say that so much but like there's no reason for the transition at this particular moment i guess that's an editing thing like that i'm complaining about is like 
choosing the choosing to switch into the B story at this point doesn't make sense. It's like there's no reason to do so. It just happens to be like I guess there's a lull in the plot of the A, so we're just gonna switch over to the B because it's more interesting right now. And that really bothered me. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. So how did you feel about the performances? Because I thought that Matthew McConaughey and Ken Watanabe did pretty good with what they had. Um, I don't think they were either were phenomenal, but man, I, I just don't like Naomi Watts. I have never liked her in a movie. I think that she just wants to cry, and that's her gimmick. And she's like, I just had to cry in this movie. I don't think there's anything special about anything she does. I'm sorry. I'll start with Naomi Watts because that's my biggest issue. I really thought her performance was weak here. It's, it's, I don't know, maybe that's just because, like, the dialogue was so rough. And, like, her part in particular, the she, B story, which is where Naomi Watts is, is is the weakest part of this movie, for sure. She doesn't get to do much except for drink and die. Yeah, and, like, it's a lot of, like, very dramatic stuff. I mean, that that could be the director. I, I guess my, my only, my instinct is to defend Naomi Watts because I love her in my favorite movie, Birdman. Like, she's so good in that, and maybe that's just because, like, the role fits the level of drama that she puts forth in her in her acting. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really dramatic. But, yeah, in this movie, I agree. Like, it it kind of was just an extra layer on the, on the rest of this movie that was already, like, too in your face, already too hand-holdy. Then her acting was just, like, just, it was so much, so dramatic. It was laying it on real thick, and I was, I just wasn't into that. Ken and Matt, though, on the other hand, I, you know, Matthew McConaughey, he's a, I, I think that he did a pretty good job in this movie. I mean, I, you can see in the places where it is sticking to that quiet and like meditative look at death. And yeah. he, he really nails that, I think. And I, and I think that whole, it's all showcased in the first 10 minutes. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I just didn't think they gave Ken Watanabe a lot to do. Agreed, yeah. He, he talks very briefly about his reasons for suicide. And then the rest of the time, he listens to Matthew McConaughey mope, and then he says things about ghosts and spirits and being in the woods. Yeah, I, I don't fault Ken for that. I, yeah, I think it's Ken definitely did not really, his fault. No, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. I, I think Ken did a really good job with what he was given. But honestly, his character is an echo chamber. Like that's His character is supposed to just echo things that are thought by Matthew McConaughey and like kind of he's there to just feed him. And that, I mean, that, that, that goes for the whole plot. Like, and because he is a ghost, I guess, I guess I he's mean, just there to keep him alive and just let him talk to him. He's like a ghost therapist, honestly. Yeah. He does a pretty good job. I mean, I mean, everyone like, yeah, becomes very I, self-aware by the end of this movie about their, all their issues, which is nice. Wish that could just be me in real life. I, I really liked I really like the idea of this movie. I think that's why I'm so frustrated about it, as opposed to like last week. Yeah. I we know what we were getting into there. Yeah. Last week I didn't really care. This movie I I really thought like be, because of the premise, because of the like the actors that they chose yeah. specifically, I really thought this movie was gonna like have something good to say. Even if there was like flaws in the execution, I thought that th- there was gonna be some good stuff here. I was really disappointed in this movie, man. I think it just comes down to the script. They should, I agree. If they gave it like three or four more rewrites, mm-hmm. they could have got it to something that was good. I agree. Something that was a tight 90 minutes. Yeah, but please. Movies, movies have to earn two hours. I think I've said that before, but this this movie barely earned its, its 90 minutes, let alone two hours. Man, what, what I kind of wrote while we were watching it in my notes was that like, 
this movie from the outside as far as the cinematography and the casting and the premise from the outside it looks amazing like it looks like it should be an incredible movie it looks like a24 put their name on it i was i'm in at that point gus van saint is a good filmmaker i like his other stuff yeah so man but like when you get deep into this movie when you kind of like when you submerge yourself past the surface it's half-baked yeah it really it needs a lot of work yeah so, I think we've talked about everything we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, let's get to our ratings. How many supernovas are you going to give the Sea of Trees? Man, I gave Sea of Trees four supernovas because I it upset me, man. It upset me about how, like, how rough this movie was. The dump truck alone, man, is that is the worst Deus Ex Machina I've ever seen it was, in any writing. I Just, could... I, oh. It's so frustrating to see a movie that's like trying to handle death like delicately, handle suicide delicately, just like throw a dump truck in. Like, <laughs> I, like I, it's just comical to even say it, man. This is just so extreme, man. Like, and there's no way that Naomi Watts. Maybe they just didn't want Naomi Watts to act like she was dying, so they just were just. <laughs> she's gone, man. Dude, she was dead in a second when that dump truck hit her. Oh. I'm personally gonna give this three and a half. Because I like the performances and because it was visually interesting, I think that gives it the little bit of an edge over some of the stuff we watched. Yeah. I yeah, I get that. I, I think for me just like the but, greatest sin is to is to just like not have any motive for the actions that are happening in a scene by scene basis. Yeah, but and but what I will say is going into this movie, it's a lot more disappointing. When you go in, like we we watched a Michael Bay film, we know we're getting in there. Yeah. And then we watched a, a witch Nick Cage movie. Like what what more could we ask for right, in that? Yeah. But this just had a lot of potential that it missed by a mile. Yeah. So that is where, that's its greatest sin to me. This I mean the thing is this kind of movie is the kind of movie that I I'm like, who is who is like supervising this and who is like yeah this is good you know i just i like i can't imagine i everybody involves like gus van sant and all the actors and like how did somebody not at some point be like yeah we shouldn't have this dump truck thing bro or like the cancer or like uh, just so many things in this movie i can't believe there nobody protested so yeah man four and a half supernovas for me okay you you just went up supernova Half of I mean, supernova. I'm sorry, you three and a half. I'm sticking with four supernovas okay. for me. You know what? We're done reviewing the Sea of Trees. It's gone. It's behind us. We don't have to think it's about happened. it anymore. All right, so before we announce next week's movie, we're going to give our recommendations for actual good movies to watch. Uh, why don't you take it away for us? So this week, I I worked a lot more than I usually do, and my schedule was pretty sporadic, so it was hard for me to watch as many movies as I have been this month. Man, I've been watching like four movies a week yeah, until this week. It's pretty great, honestly. Um, but one movie that we did finally get to, um, a movie that I've seen many times and I, I have a special place in my heart for, is Inside Lemon Davis. Man, we're talking about rough rough unmotivated music there but not and inside lewin davis the music is not only diegetic but also just like it's so well placed it's, it's well done i love it it's just so good i want to listen to it on my own time i'm trying to learn some of the songs on guitar right now and man uh i can't i can't give enough praise to the the cohen brothers and to oscar isaac 
and even Justin Timberlake and Adam Driver are in it for yeah. a pretty short period of time, but John they're Goodman. so good. John Goodman. Garrett Hudlin was good in it. They're so good. Everything about that movie is great, and it has a lot to say, and it says it effectively, and that's all I ask. You know? Yeah, and that's actually a really good example of a movie that has setup and payoff that, that works, works magically. so well. That movie is a circle. Like, the plot when, starts and ends in the same... Exactly. Well, well yeah. Let's well, not tell them. We won't get into that. But when you get that payoff, you should have that dopamine rush in your yes, head. absolutely. And they set up and paid off, like, a hundred things in Sea of Trees, and I was like, okay. I don't care about any of this. Sure. But, dude, in the ending of Inside Lewin Davis, you're like, bro. Brother. We can't talk about that, because that would yeah, be a spoiler. We don't want to spoil the, the good movie, just the bad movie. My recommendation for this week is a movie that I'm sure most cinephiles have already seen, but I'd never seen this movie before. I watched Her, and Ooh, let me tell you, dude, your first I time. loved Her so much. This is a movie that came out seven years ago, but its depiction of the future is still, it's not outdated whatsoever. No, I agree. Like, it's great. It's, and it's also not in the way, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not really about it very much, Yeah, but just the whole dynamic of the relationships in that was just not only really relatable... But just spot on, and Walking Phoenix is great all the time because when you watch him in a movie, you don't know you're watching Walking Phoenix, and that's what I love. He's about such him. a versatile actor, and honestly, like my the big impression that I walk away from her, which is another favorite movie of mine, by the way. I'm very glad that you finally yes, got to it. I'm very happy myself. Scarlett, her her performance in this movie, dude, it's amazing. It's so good. She's just a voice, and her presence in that movie is just so strong. And I, fun fact. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they were shooting it, they shot it with someone else, and they put her in completely in post, Yeah, which Didn't just emphasizes her. how amazing her performance yeah. is, that she was able to do that after the fact, not even acting against him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so good. So so go ahead and watch Inside Lewin Davis and her. Inside Lewin Davis, I just happened to have on Criterion, so I had a Criterion copy of it, so um, I don't know if that's online anywhere. It was on Prime a little, for like a little while ago. I don't know if it still yeah. is. It might be somewhere to stream. I don't know for sure. But her, her is on, it's on Netflix. Her is on Netflix. Streaming for free right Definitely now. watch it if you haven't yeah. seen it. Spike Jones is a master. Love you, Spike Jones. Okay. It's that time you've been waiting for. Oh, the that's time. next week's recommendation. I'm so ready. The movie we're going to watch next week is... The 2020 movie called The Last Thing He Wanted. The Last Thing He Wanted. Starring Anne Hathaway, Ben Affleck, oh? and Willem Dafoe. No way. Yes. I've never even heard of this movie. Dude, it takes place during the Iran-Contra affair, which what? is something I have lots of interest in. I'm so in. And it has a 1.8 on Letterboxd. How on earth? We're about to find out. Man. Oh, man. I'm very excited to watch this movie. Yeah. I feel Great. like this is kind of like meeting your heroes. Like, you know they say, never meet your heroes? Yeah. I don't want, like, I hate that I keep watching all these actors <laughs> that I love just, like, in terrible Dude, movies. I'm guaranteeing you, Willem Dafoe is going to be a breath of fresh air because he's one of my top five favorite actors. I love Willem Dafoe all with time. all my heart. Willem, just thank you for everything you do. Your work is amazing. Same for Anne Hathaway. She's been in some rough movies, but she in general is really consistently great. And I really like Ben Affleck. Here we are. More than most people do. He's in a lot of terrible movies, but he's good. Yeah. Let me tell you, I like him. He's He can be good just when he's not Batman. Not Batman. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you very much for listening. This has um, been Bottom of the Bin, which we're sticking with for the time being. Yes. Bottom of the bin with Caleb and Anthony. Bottom of the bin with and Caleb and Anthony. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Outro music. Do 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 do. Yeah.
This music's better than the music in the movie we watched this week. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, we're not telling you how to feel. <laughs> <laughs>